Hi, this is Bonnie Wallace, author of Top Hollywood Acting Teachers, Young Hollywood Actors, and Hollywood Parents Guide. And my guests today on the Hometown to Hollywood podcast are Dave Thomas Brown and Amelia Bay. Dave is a triple threat whose roles on Broadway have included Elder Price in the Book of Mormon, Josh in Clueless the Musical, David Van Patten in American Psycho, J.D. in Heathers the Musical, and many more roles in touring and regional theater. He played Elder Price on the West End in London, as well as on Broadway. Amelia is a professional hairdresser and wig maker for both Broadway and TV. Her credits include Law and Order SVU, Monsterland, Marvelous Miss Maisel, Be More Chill, She Loves Me, The Book of Mormon, and Aladdin. Dave and Amelia are business partners, and they are also engaged. Dave and Amelia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Aww. What a lovely intro. That was lovely. Well, it's lovely to see you guys. I think <laughs> we saw each other last about two years ago. Gosh, it's been that long, really. <laughs> it's shocking. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. So, um... I want to just dive right in because this is this is one of the questions that that people love to know. You know, when did you know, Dave, that you wanted to be an actor? And was it just an actor or was it like, I want to do musical theater? What did that look and feel like? You know, I'm from North Carolina. We have a rich community theater program um, around here. And I did some plays and, you know... <laughs> church musicals, one called Short Stops. And it was, <laughs> it was so terribly, terribly written, somehow infusing God into um, baseball, <laughs> um, as you do. Um, my grandmother had an, apart had an apartment in New York City and I had the pleasure of being able to like go up there and she took me to my first Broadway show and it was Cats. And I was sitting in the, I was sitting in the audience and I was watching it and I was just like wide eyed and I was like, what is this? It's so cool and weird. And there's a part where all the cats come out into the audience and the cat that I, I was eight years old and the cat that I thought was the cutest um, came out into the audience and she like nuzzled the back of my ear. Oh. And, and I, the rest <laughs> of the show, I went, if this is what theater is, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. What could be better than this? <laughs> so I, um, I, I am married. I am engaged to a woman who I love dearly, but I also did fall in love with theater because of Cats, the musical, <laughs> um, which I so, will not hold against you. <laughs> please, please do not hold against me. <laughs> that's the that's the story that I I've always told to like my whenever I'm like talking to an agent and like. If I'm trying to get an agent, I, they're like, how'd you get started? And I always tell the cat's story. That's a heck of a story. <laughs> um, so, but if you want more detail, if you want more more beyond that, you know, I, I've i always... So, so, then, so then what? Yeah, so... <laughs> My dad also um, was a barbershop quartet singer. Um, and he had a barbershop quartet called Salem Square. And they would tour around the Southeast singing classics, you know, let me call you sweetheart i'm in love with you and you know um uh, danny boy and all of this the american songbook and and you know that and almost the kind of the irish sounds songbook as well and i basically spent every weekend from like three to eight 
touring around with them and listening to old men sing harmonies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, men would gather, you know, they'd sort of gather in the hallway and you'd sing a tag, right? And you would just, basically, the way that barbershop people socialize is they sing the last four, the last 16 bars of a song and harmonize that together and like, hey, well, you sang that real well and so did you. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, tags like, I'll be looking at the moon, but I'll be singing you, I'll be singing you. And like everyone, you know, the baritone knows their part and the lead knows their part and the bass and the, and so part of the bit of Salem Square was that my dad, like after one song would <laughs> start coming down with a cough and he'd have to leave. And so I would come out on stage with a little chair and the, the the audience of little old ladies would start plotting and you know i come out and i sing this song called darkness on the delta and i have a recording of it you if, you, if you want me to send you this recording you can play yes when I was, little, ba- yeah. little baby davy it's, yes. it's pretty cute it's really cute <laughs> um so i think that that's what and that's what got me you know i sang on stage at four or five years old for you know a thousand people or something like that and i just it's always sort of been in my blood, but I, I did other things. I played sports. I thought I wanted to be a pilot. Um, <laughs> that's what I really like wanted to be. And what little boy doesn't? What little boy doesn't want to be a pilot? <laughs> yeah. But I, um, then I started, yeah. From there, do you want me to talk about schooling and stuff? Well, so, so, you know, um, yeah, let's, let's just seg straight to that. You know, um, how important has training been to you? You went to the North Carolina School of the Arts, is that correct? We both went to the North Carolina School. You did? Yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah. school? Okay, okay, that's so cool. So the North Carolina School of the Arts is in my hometown, and we met after I graduated because I came back and, you know, every, you know, you socialize at your school, and I, we, I met her four years after I graduated. In my final year there, because we just missed each other. Okay, so I was wondering if you'd like met on set, you know. We met on campus as I was a senior and he was four years graduated. (laughs) We, um, so when I was there, the training program was, and it still is extremely, extremely good, a very reputable program. Uh, Mandy Patinkin and Dane DeHaan and, um, Mary Louise Parker and Jade Pinkett Smith and you know just the list the list goes on and on um and Gerald Friedman was the dean of the drama school when I was there and he has passed he passed right at the beginning of this year he was my mentor and a very important part of why I continued to be an actor through the rigorous training program that (laughs) almost kind of broke me um in a good way but Mm -hmm. The tools that I learned at School of the Arts with my teachers, um, Mary Irwin and Jordy McMahon and Greg Walters, and these teachers that are so interested in teaching us about giving us the tools for storytelling. I never thought I was going to be a musical theater actor. That was never, ever my goal. Really? I am a trained Shakespearean classic actor. I, I can write in phonetics and I, you know, I can do a lot of different accents. And, you know, I mostly, I have Hamlet written on my arm, a tattoo to my arm, it, not not the word Hamlet, I'm not that. <laughs> <laughs> I have this above all to that itself be true from Hamlet, but um, nice. I just have Hamlet. Right. <laughs> I love, love Shakespeare. No, I heart um, Hamlet. <laughs> I heart Hamlet. 
Um, and, you know, they did a thing at School of the Arts called Intensive Arts, which is such an important thing for me. Basically, two weeks before the end of the semester, um, the drama students got to do whatever they wanted and they would have a space to perform it. So um, you could write a play or you could just sing a song or you could do anything. You had two weeks to work on it and you could bring in people from all the different, um, at School of the Arts, there's um, design and production and music and drama and dance and filmmaking. And you could bring all those people together. So it was, it was basically like this free two weeks of, of, arts. Yeah, of work that you could do with anyone. I, when I was there, I wrote three plays and like directed two of them and acted in two of them and over the four years that I was there. And it's just, it's just such a great, it's just such a great program. And, you know, they just gave us the tools. Like I said, I didn't want to be a musical theater actor, but they gave me the tools to eventually become that. Yeah. Um, and why, when I eventually stumbled into doing musical theater, I was able to take those tools that I learned studying Shakespeare and that I learned on voice and speech and that I learned in shaking out my jaw and doing all the Kristen Linklater work that that informed how I approached kind of elevated characters like JD or Elder Price. I mean, so it, I think that that is the beautiful gift that my training gave me was that I didn't, I trained to be a Shakespearean actor and I took that training and I, put it into treating musical theater like Shakespeare. Well, and it shows on stage. I mean, obviously I got to see you as Josh in Clueless the Musical, um, probably, I don't even know how many times because I was there for all of Tech Week as well as the whole first week. And then again, <laughs> you saw it all. <laughs> I saw it all, which was so fun. Um, but what you brought to that role was, was just such a grounded realism. You know, I just believed that you were Josh and, you know, then of course you were able to, you know, do all the other work beautifully as well. You know, the singing and the dancing and the, and the, and the making it a musical, right. but, but it felt really real. And, and um, I'm actually super familiar with Heather's The Musical as well. And I saw that uh, both in LA and New York and I missed you in it, but I'm very familiar with the role of JD and I can imagine you were similarly amazing. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. 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 I think it's, I think maybe the key to, to that was <laughs> kind of an accident, especially with JD because, and I had done a regional production of Spring Awakening that I, I really enjoyed doing out in San Diego at the Signet Theater, which is a great theater out there. And, um, Where you played Melchior? Well, I, where I played Melchior. Yeah. And then when I did JD, it was like, I, it all happened. I got the job like two weeks before I went on stage and I was like, I've got to figure out how to do this. And, and it's, we've actually discovered on one of my old hard drives, some of the, like the actual footage from the show that we watched most recently. So, um, so it's, it, that show was just so special and like was such a, just a beautiful experience. I mean, Amelia got to really know the whole cast and, um, we went through a lot and I think it closed so much sooner than it should have. And it just got a bad, just caught a bad break. Um, but we got a couple great months of performing, which was, which was so fun. We think, I just think so fondly about that show. Well, it's so interesting. I mean, people, 
who who don't really live and breathe theater think of Broadway as you know like the really big shows like you know the Book of Mormon and right. Cats and you know <laughs> fill in the blank um, Hamilton but but there's all these other shows that don't necessarily make it to the radar of people who who are casual observers of Broadway mm-hmm. and and yeah. and and top notch musical theater and I do think Heather's is one of those definitely. Um, and but it, you know it had a run in in um, in the West in End, recently. yeah, in the West End as well, yeah. So. Um, it, it continues to live on, and people continue to love it. And I and I think that I think that it'll continue to have life down the road. And and the story of Heather's I think keeps evolving. And you know I, what was such an interesting thing for me when I was working on JD was it was a right around where I mean there's always gun violence in this country, but. Um, it was really starting to sort of kick up at that time. And we would have these talkbacks and people would sort of ask me like, you know, you know, it's, he's a, JD is a white terrorist. Yeah, he is. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't shy around saying that word. I mean, he is. And there is always, there's always been a glorification. There's always been a glorification of kind of, you know, even in Western films, you've got Clint Eastwood, you know, a with J.D., the righteous, vindictive, righteous anger turned into violence is something that um, is a stereotype and an archetype in literature throughout history. But we're really starting to confront it when that sort of, you know, I'm not saying video games made, made Columbine happen, but there is a glorification of that that I think that we really have to stare right into the eyes and say, you know what, this is wrong. You know, JD's handsome and beautiful, but <laughs> this is wrong, and we need to talk about how it really is wrong. And I think Heather's does do that, um, and it in a in a kind of way that it kind of catches you off guard. I think. Hi. With the entertainment industry changing every day, I'm continuing to work to be a source of inspiration and information in your life. As it's been for five seasons and over 120 episodes, the Hometown to Hollywood podcast will be there for you. Now, I'm asking you to be there for us. The podcast has been a labor of love for years, and now I'm asking if Hometown to Hollywood's been a friend to you, if it's helped, educated, and inspired you, Please become a supporter of the podcast. For only $5 a month, the price of a latte, you can become a friend of the podcast and help me afford to continue to do the work that you've come to depend on for honest, insightful interviews that shed light on how to succeed in the entertainment industry. If you can afford it, pitch in $10 a month and become a good friend of the podcast. Your support helps supplement the people who can only give $5 a month. Join now, just go to hometowntohollywood.supportingcast.fm. That's hometowntohollywood.supportingcast.fm. And in just two clicks, you can have access to the complete version of this incredibly informative conversation, as well as each upcoming episode and the entire collection of over 120 past episodes. If you can't afford $5 a month to subscribe, the first 10 minutes of every episode will still be available for free. Subscribers get the full episodes delivered right to their inbox. Thank you. I appreciate your support, and I can't wait to share the exciting upcoming conversations with you. 
Meanwhile, if you could use some one-on-one coaching, invest in a video consultation session with me. Just go to hometowntohollywood.com and click on the consultation page. In 60 or 90 minutes, you can get peace of mind and a detailed action plan. Remember, the future belongs to those who believe in their dreams.